the Kansas City Chiefs lighting up a really good Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense on Sunday night football. Tons of takeaways from the week four Sunday slate of games. The Philadelphia Eagles remain unbeaten, but I came away impressed with their opponents in that game in the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. Uh, we've got Kenny Pickett's debut for the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers and tons more on today's Peacock and Williams. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock here alongside Matt Williamson. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Matt, it was a fun weekend of games. I want to start with, though, what we saw most recently on Sunday Night Football, which was a really good one with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And um, really, what we saw was. I don't know exactly how to put it, but just Patrick Mahomes being the best player in the NFL against one of the best defenses in the NFL. That's what I came away with. And if I'm a Kansas city chiefs fan, I feel really good about my franchise and my team going forward, no matter what happens on the rest of the roster. If you lose a superstar on defense, if you lose a superstar wide receiver, you have the best quarterback and a good head coach, which means that is the perfect combination to win a whole bunch of games for a very long time. And I think that was sort of a a, a way of Patrick Mahomes reminding everybody in the entire league that, yep, we're the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to be the Kansas City Chiefs for a very long time. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, they got up early. I mean, it couldn't have been a worse game script for Tampa Bay in the early fumble. Mahomes hits Kelsey before you know it. They got a lead, and before you know it, they have 28 points in the first half. They hit early. They hit often. I 100% agree on Mahomes. Total superstar, transcendent player. You mix that with a great coach, and you're in great shape. I mean, they're because of the Tyreek trade, all of a sudden they're very young. I mean, they're playing a lot of draft picks and the Pachecos of the world and Sky Moore. I mean, because you have Mahomes, you can bring these guys along a little slower. And, you know, the best might be yet to come is where I'm going with that. And, you know, I, I thought the most telling stat was just how this game was played. I mean, Tampa had Fournette carry the ball three times, minus three yards. And White carried the ball three times for six yards. They ended the day with three rushing yards on six attempts. Where the Chiefs, not known for their running, ran the ball 37 times for 187 or 189. You know, I mean, it controlled the time of possession. Um, won in the trenches against what I thought was the best defense in the league. From a Bucks perspective, by the way, I don't know if Brady was right. I mean, late in that half, he took a shot on the shoulder. And it looked like he was wincing and uncomfortable for much of the the second half of the game. But if I'm Tampa, I got to look at things and be like, well, I got Evans back. Godwin's, you know, Fournette. I mean, maybe things are better times to come here. The defense will be fine. 
six carries, I think, for the Buccaneers offense. Is Crazy, that what it was? Yeah. Right? yeah, it was yeah. six. Three six total three. carries, three for Fournette for negative three yards. <laughs> and, then, so they, uh, and then six yards for Rashad White. So they ended up with a half a yard per carry, three three yards on six carries, and then the rest was just passing game, 52 attempts for, for Tom Brady. And Fournette got a lot of work in the passing game and saved your, your fantasy teams if you had Fournette there because he did have seven catches for 57 yards and a receiving touchdown. So he was heavily involved still. Um, but it was really Mike Evans just going out there and seeing yeah, Mike yeah. Evans and, and seeing that combination of Brady to Evans. And it's, it's such an easy com combo. And Chris Godwin, you know, got hurt again. He was already banged up coming into the game, but still was useful, at least for the Buccaneers. And then, you know, if, I don't know what's going on with the PCL for Julio Jones. He played only he was targeted twice, wasn't in there a lot. You know, he's kind of the third, fourth receiver there with Russell Gage. And he's on the on the field a little bit. But um you feel good about the Tampa Bay Bucks too going forward, but I, the, mm-hmm. the the big takeaway that I began with was just so important for me because the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Bucks defense is awesome, and and the, the Chiefs put up forty one points on them. Yeah, you know, it was like it looked easy, and so um, yeah, Pacheco five point seven yards per carry. He's the best running back. Like Clyde Edwards Hilaire is just sort of he's all right, yeah, you know, he's okay, but yeah. and he's like not even that dynamic in the passing game, which is really the selling point for him as a prospect coming out. And he's a good player, but I think he's going to end up being a journeyman sort of third down type back in his career eventually. Uh, and it might be starting in week five because ju- Isaiah Pacheco is just a better pure running back, I think. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I forget which one of the commentators said to your Mike Evans point. Drives, they, they, they make a priority to get Mike Evans the ball. Have been working out well for Tampa. Otherwise, the rest of the offense is sputtering. Didn't even try to run it. I mean, I think Brady, I forget how many snaps in a row he went without even handing the ball off. And I'm with you. I, I think Pacheco's the – I always look at it from the perspective of who do I least want to play against. Edward Solaire is somebody you want to play against. You know, Pacheco, to me, presents more problems than Edward Solaire. Right, yeah. I totally agree there. I want to move along here to another game with uh, with a big-time quarterback, and it's the Green Bay Packers and the New England Patriots. The Pack had to go to overtime at home to beat the Pats, who didn't even have Mac Jones in that game. You had – um, didn't you yeah, have Hoyer? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Zappy yeah. throwing touchdown passes against you, and there was a pick six in that one for Aaron Rodgers. And you know he's not the type of guy to to, to make those types of plays. You come away right now, and, and look, the Packer three and one, so they're not in a bad spot. But I didn't, I, I didn't come away with like, hey, good job, Patriots are pesky, and they're going to win more games than we expect. I came away going like, come on, Packers, wake up, because they're still not playing at the level that I think we should expect them to play on offense or defense. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is a successful mission to go to Green Bay and last till the very second of last second of overtime with Bailey Zappi for the majority of the time for New England. But I'm with you. I mean, first off, I'm looking at Zappi's numbers. His QBR was 16 Uh, and uh, he completed some stuff, some short stuff. He's little and his arm is really bad. I mean, like below the line NFL caliber, being able to fit the ball in any kind of window. He has to balloon things just to get him down the field. Um, Good for them for hanging around. Obviously, the pick six had a lot to do with it. But I think a lot of a lot of it had to do also with how Green Bay, how Green Bay played this game. And I don't think they trust their receivers very much at all. I mean, it's, there, there's some this, the, the the scoreboard or the stat sheet doesn't show it as much as the game. But this whole offense was driven through Aaron Jones, and then late when they had a lead, more Dylan. But they want to play it very, very close to the vest, which I bet is frustrating for Rodgers. And I'm sure you look at it and be like, 
how far can that take us? Well, it makes you, I think it probably makes you feel good that there's improvement to come with the Packers. And I yeah. talked about that before on the show, but right now you can see the frustration in Rogers right, and you right, can right. see in his mannerisms and he throws the touchdown pass to Dobbs and he's like, yeah, there it is. He looks around and, um, I think it was Matt Judon was started to start laughing at him once they he saw that there was an incomplete pass. He's right, like, right. Rogers, you know, they have a back and forth going on. Rogers does it with a lot of guys and a lot of pass rushers. Um, and you, you see the frustration. You're like, Hey, he's like, I threw a perfect dime and it was in the bread. Beautiful box. ball. Right. Touchdown, you know, and, and, you know, Dobbs did have a good game still, but um, it's Lazard and not a lot else that I think Rogers can trust right now. And, you just got to hope that the rest of the receiving core kind of gets there and then you're going to be okay. Cause they're, they're good on defense, but the, Pats had no business scoring 24 points on, on the Packers defense in their house. Yeah. Yeah. And of these four teams we've talked about today, it's great. To, I think, you know, the chiefs, the Packers and the Bucks are all still trying to figure things out. And I'm talking about contenders. I don't consider the Patriots a contender, at least green Bay is getting wins. You know, um, Kansas City's really turning the corner and figuring things out rapidly. Tampa's sputtering a little, but all three of these teams could be in it when it's all said and done. And, We'll see, but I, I do think they're probably a receiver short. I mean, the defense is going to have to be dominant, which I think is possible. Next, I want to talk about the Denver Broncos that might be the worst 2-2 right. two two team in the yeah. league right now. Uh, there was a good one with the Buffalo Bills narrowly getting by the Baltimore Ravens 23-20, to 20, and we got to talk about your guy, Kenny Pickett. Is he the present and the future, or will they go back to Mitch Trubisky with those Pittsburgh Steelers who lost to the New York Jets in Week 4? All that and a whole bunch more coming up. But let's talk daily fantasy made easy with our friends at Prize Picks. It's super easy. How easy? You can make an entry at Prize Picks in 60 seconds or less. All you do is you pick two to five players. Uh, the more you pick, the better you can get paid out here with uh, winnings up to 10 times your money on any entry. You pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times that money. And maybe you want to play a little Monday Night Football daily fantasy at prize picks i might do some unders in this game i think we're going to see a, a trend continue with lower scoring games especially with the way the 49ers play defense and how badly they've played offense and and not really seeing the los angeles rams reigning super bowl champions firing on all cylinders yet so far this season and you're not competing with other people there's no sharks in the pool you're not competing against thousands of others like some other fantasy apps it's just you against those prize picks projections that are available it's not just football either not just nfl you've got college football all college sports basketball nba mlb nhl pga you've got tennis nascar boxing mma you name it you can play it at prizepicks.com withdrawals are fast and easy when you do win some cash and prize picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you 100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks will give you 50 more to play with. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you're checking out the NFL key predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday Night Football. Plus, 
betting advice from the field's leading experts, Bet Online. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. Locked On NFL, by the way, is the YouTube home as well of Peacock and Williamson, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Matt, taking a look here at some of the other games on the slate. Bills, Ravens, uh, Buffalo was able to go to Baltimore and come back and win this one after they were down early. Uh, 23-20 the final with the Bills improving to 3-1, and one, Baltimore falling to 2-2 two and two on the season. Buffalo started very slow, and maybe some of that's attributed to the marathon they played in Miami last week. And you look at the numbers and be like, boy, Josh Allen, they didn't do much in this game. He only you know, he threw for 213 yards. But he kind of took over late, and there was plenty of moments there where he looked like the best player on the field. Um, offense wasn't super easy to come by. Ravens got up early on them. But what worried me from the Baltimore's perspective is it used to be, you know, like in Lamar's MVP years, recent years, you give the Ravens a lead, it's over. Not anymore. I mean, they're still looking for you know, how to close teams out. The running game's okay um Dobbins was encouraging I think that the better days are ahead for him and they now finally have a feature back yeah but and you, you go ahead, yeah. Point, sorry to interrupt but that's a great point because you see Dobbins scoring early and they have a lead and you're like okay here we go this is yeah, right. Ravens football they're in great shape and you know the other guys on the other side can score but it wasn't so much about the Bills just coming roaring back and scoring a whole bunch of points that was just it they were done. The Ravens were done after basically the first quarter offensively, and, and that can't happen for them. No. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at time of possession. 38 minutes compared to 21. I mean, almost 22. You would think, boy, the Ravens beat anyone by 20 points when they dominate time of possession like that. Nope. And I look at the Bills, and I'm starting to do a lot of Bills homework because Pittsburgh's going there next week. And, boy, they're kind of good at everything. I mean, that D-line is deep. They have enough of a running game. Allen's just playing at an extremely high level, even though the, the numbers in this game aren't tremendous. Um, and I know that there's some rumblings out of Baltimore that maybe this defensive coordinator change hasn't been a great move. You know, I mean, that, that, that side of the ball screws things up a lot this year. So, something's going on with Baltimore where they, they don't feel like the Baltimore Ravens yet. There's a, a feeling no. out period happening right now. And, you know, you could for a, for a couple of weeks, you could say, ah, extended preseason, but almost a quarter yeah, into the season now. October you know, now yeah. In, right, it's October. So you better be playing mid season form here pretty soon. And uh, something to get right with the Baltimore Ravens. Luckily they've mm -hmm. got a superstar quarterback and a lot of talent on that roster. And, you know, you're not worried about them, but, is this their year? I don't know. And then there's the cloud of Lamar Jackson's contract hanging over everybody mm -hmm. too. Can could he be pressing a little bit? That there's there's a, there's a lot going on there with the Ravens. A couple questionable, call it kind, questionable coaching decisions here by Harbaugh that maybe he could have put the Bills away and by mm -hmm. going for it instead of kicking a field goal, he let them hang around a little longer. And uh, the Bills are too talented. I mean, the Bills are a big time contender. Uh, actually, and. Josh Allen out of the gate is like, okay, here we go. MVP season, Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. he, he's not, they haven't been the juggernaut on offense in the last couple of weeks. No. He, you know, he only had 213 yards passing in this game. He's made some mistakes. Um, and one, one note I saw from the passing game too, that I think is something to pay attention to. Some of these teams get a little too Stefan Diggs centric, you know, like 
Uh, Gabe Davis hasn't looked the same as he did last year. They were going through slot receivers left and right. I mean, McKenzie was out. Crowder was out. They had to bring in Shakir. Knox is kind of just a guy for me. Like, I wonder, you know, when, when comparing them to the elite teams, are they going to be a receiver short? They drafted Cook in the second round he to be an extra player. Dynamic. He hasn't done anything. Right. They don't even use them. For them. Right. Yeah. And so they're back to their same old boring, like, bad running game, essentially. <laughs> right. You're not helping Josh Allen out at all. So I was fiddling with their numbers. I mentioned, you know, that um digging into the bills here heavily. And Josh Allen accounts for 85.5% of the bills offense, you know, his arms and legs. I mean, as great as he to, is, you need some that has to lead the league, right? I'm sure it does. I'll look yeah. into it tomorrow once all the, the stats are in. Lamar was super high too. I mean, going yeah. into this game, I'm sure he's right at the top as well. Mm. Yeah, got to be the top two there with those two. Yeah, got to be. The Philadelphia Eagles remain unbeaten. A four and zero record. They defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars. Needed a, a little bit of a comeback though to do so. Uh, 29-21 was the final there. Jaguars now two and two on the season. And I came away very impressed with the Jacksonville Jaguars, especially on defense. I think they're going to be for real. And if you believe in their coach quarterback combination, you know, some ups and downs, some hiccups in this one for young Trevor Lawrence. I love where the Jaguars are at. And I actually even picked them up in our, our fantasy league as my defense. And I started them over yeah. the Baltimore Ravens here, even against the Eagles. And the Jaguars had the lowest projection projected projected total for defensive points this week in fantasy against the Eagles. And I still put them in there because I'm, I'm a believer of that Jaguars defense talent on all three levels. And I thought they were going to pull it off the early pick six. Uh, but no, the Eagles were too much and, and came roaring back there at the end of the first half. 29-21 Eagles unbeaten. Are they the best team in the NFL, Matt? Definitely the best team in the NFC. I mean, unless the Rams blow my doors off tonight. But I mean, I think that's they're running away with that. Best team in the NFL. We just talked Chiefs and Bills. I mean, I think those three are kind of standing alone right now. Um, I took this as a positive for the Jags as well. I mean, weather was a big problem in this game. Wind, rain, nasty Philly weather in a nasty environment. I mean, you're a young team, young, you know, young coordinator, quarterback, sorry, going to Philly is not an easy chore. And I thought Lawrence, I don't say he took a step back, but I bet he'll look at this over his career and be like, that was a learning environment of how to win. You know, we, we got up early on this team and I think he fumbled the ball four times. I mean, they, they turned the ball over five and I think Lawrence was responsible for four or five of them. I'm not exactly positive. And, and it's just too hard to win that way against a, a team that already knows how to win with all the turnovers, you know, the Eagles controlled time of possession, almost doubled the time of possession to the Jags. And another encouraging thing for Philly was, Miles Sanders looked like a full-grown man here, too. I mean, he, he had a really good game as well. So no worries about the Eagles. They just started slow and then took this thing over, some of which were gifts from Lawrence, and he didn't handle the weather as well as I'd like. But I think the Jags will look at this game and be like, okay, we're 2-2, two and two, but we're learning how to win pretty quick, and we're going to be in the hunt. When Miles Sanders is playing well, it's so important for yeah. that Philadelphia Eagles offense because you already have – uh, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and you know Dallas Goddard and there's so many weapons and you can't really you have to play you have to play them honest especially right. with what Jalen right. Hurts can do with his legs and and proving to be you know uh really good through the air although he did have one 
interception and no touchdown passes in this game. He did outduel the quarterback on the other side who, yeah, you're right. So there was five turnovers just from Lawrence. Yeah, he had yeah. the interception and four fumbles, lost all four of them. James Robinson fumbled as well, but he didn't, they, they recovered that one. Um, so yeah, learning opportunity for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Philadelphia Eagles, just too much talent and, uh, and rolled yeah. to a victory here against those Jaguars. I mean, the Jags aren't going to be built in a day, you know, I mean, right. th- this isn't <laughs> massive concern, you know, they'll learn. Next, how about the shootout between the Seattle Seahawks and the Detroit Lions? Geno Smith putting up 48. The Lions putting up 45 without their two best offensive weapons. And, of course, the debut of rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Next, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, if you haven't tried any Built Bars yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And the newest flavor is indulgent, delicious cookie dough covered in chocolate that's right built bar has done it again with their cookie dough chunk puffs light and chewy texture real cookie dough chunks and of course they're all covered in 100 real chocolate that sets built bars apart from any other bar out there that is a protein bar that tastes as good or better than a candy bar yet cookie dough chunk puff, ch- cookie dough chunk puffs it's a mouthful and <laughs> it is going to be a tasty mouthful for you when you try it only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein and most built bars have only 130 to 150 calories and up to 18 grams of protein so all you got to do is go to built built.com right now snag a box for you and the family it will be the perfect treat or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them all for <laughs> yourself which matt has to do because i know uh when uh oh, when it's fighting box, for food around here yeah it's when a box of bars shows up at the williamson household uh, they're gone before matt gets a chance to <laughs> dip his fingers in there uh go to built.com use promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your order again that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com how about this shootout matt between the seattle seahawks and the Detroit Lions. 48-45 was the total. And the Lions came roaring back. We're almost able to knock off the Seahawks. Um, Rashad Penny with a couple of long touchdown runs. That's what we saw from him last year when he really, you know, started just playing at a a super high level. Geno Smith, 23 of 30 passing, 320 yards, a couple of touchdown passes, no interceptions, quarterback rating of 132.6. DK Metcalf, 7 for 149, multiple long passes, to him uh this is what you envisioned if you're the seahawks in the post russell wilson era quarterback that still had the talent to get the ball out to your playmakers and a running game to go with it the problem is they allowed the detroit lions to score 45 points without amonra st brown and without deandre swift yeah you know almost 1100 yards of offense in this game and you know i'm a big yards per play nerd i mean the lions were just under eight yards for play every time they snap the ball and Seattle was at 8.8. I mean, every time you snap the ball, you get eight yards. I mean, first off, not a lot of defense in this game. And I really feel like this is the Lions script that they're the most fun team to watch in the league. Even without St. Brown, without Swift, that's a good offense with a really good offensive line that suits Jared Goff extremely well, protect them. And Jamal Williams and Hawkinson went crazy. And even like Reynolds and guys like that are enough weaponry against what's not a great Seattle defense. But the Lions, to me, are must-see TV. I mean, they are overs all day long, both sides of the ball. 
I assume this offseason is going to be really dedicated to a lot of defensive talent in Detroit, and then they might really have something. But by no means do I want to diminish how well Geno Smith played. I mean, do I think he's a true starting quarterback? No, but I'm starting to open my eyes to it a little bit. I mean, he's had a good year, and he played a great game, you know, no matter what the numbers are. You mentioned Penny. He was a stud in this one. I mean, he looked like late season last year, Penny. And that young Seattle O-line, I know that the Lions aren't great up front, but that O-line has a lot of promise. And you mentioned Metcalf and Lockett. They they combined for just under 250 yards, despite DK having to hop on the cart because he had to go potty. Um, <laughs> Which is a great moment. Like, the, those those moments are so fun, and especially oh, man. Media with everybody. And I love that DK, like, was – was honest about it. You, you see some other fake injuries and some other players. There's the question about um, uh, Lamar Jackson. Right, uh, right, right. Year, right. And then we, we, we've seen it in the past with some NBA players too. And yeah, he's there like, go, I'm not, man. I, I, if I tried to walk there, it wasn't going to end well. So <laughs> <laughs> you can see how worried his face was on the cart. It's like, oh no, how bad is he hurt? Yeah, he's not we've all well. had that face. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. I, you no don't deal. suspect it when he's on the cart though. And then you're like, he oh, I know that face. He might look like a superhero. He's built like one, but he's <laughs> just like this. <laughs> right, right, right. Really fun game, though. I mean, what a what a blast to watch and get all your fantasy guys in, on with these teams, I think. I mean, I think Seattle could be in some shootouts going forward. A peek into the future in Pittsburgh Sunday, Matt, as Kenny Pickett made his debut. I think it was a pretty amazing debut because he threw 13 passes and none of them hit the ground, Matt. Ten completions, three <laughs> right. interceptions, and 13 attempts. And it was a, definitely a welcome to the NFL moment where, you know, you, he's like, all right, new quarterback. Starts throwing the ball around a little bit and, you know, interceptions left and right. Three picks in that one. The Steelers fall to one and three. They lost to the New York Jets 24-20. I'm sure this is one that frustrated the fan base thinking you can go at home, beat a team like the New York Jets, who are two and two now. 500, by the way. Congrats to them. Zach Wilson made his season debut as well for the Jets on the on the other side. But I want to focus here and get your insight on Kenny Pickett. How did he look to you aside from the stat line? And did we see the future there with Pickett and Pickens being the number one receiver for the Steelers in this game? I would assume so. Um, I want to give a little credit to the Jets. I thought Zach Wilson got better and better as the game went on. And that was as comfortable and as good as I've seen him play in an NFL uniform. I think Brees Hall has potential stardom to him, and he's starting to take that backfield over. You know this team has weapons, and Corey Davis had a big game this time. They had yet another offensive line injury and still withstood things. So I give the Jets credit, and they had a couple guys on defense stand up too, Joyner in particular. Um, Tomlin basically said at the half that this team needed a spark. I decided to make the move. And Trubisky wasn't terrible. I mean, he made some nice throws, but he's just tentative. And there, there's he's he's got a ceiling where Pickett came in and looked very comfortable. He's much more willing to let it fly. Um, the, like you said, nothing hit the ground. He had three interceptions, but one of them was a Hail Mary, you know, which so what? You just chuck it up and Jets came down with it. And you'd One rather the, you would hope your six four wide receiver can come down with that too, by the way. And it wasn't like you know he didn't yeah. put it in a great place or anything, but a 50-50 ball. You have Claypool. You think he should be able to go pull that down, and he couldn't. So that, that, that was one was, of them, right? Yeah. One was just a pure hail mary at the end of the game. One yeah. of them was you know Claypool's got a, a small defensive back on his hip, chuck it up there and go get it, and Claypool screwed that up. And then the other one, he probably forced a Fryermuth and threw high. But I, I, I'd rather. He takes his chances and is aggressive than what Trubisky's doing and turning down throws. I mean, coaches hate when they 
devise offense and the throws there and the quarterback checks it down and, and Pickett doesn't show those qualities. It would blow me away and I'd be very critical of the staff if it's not the Pickett show going forward and he'll have some lumps. Don't get me wrong. Like their next four games <laughs> are Buffalo, Tampa at Miami, Philly, <laughs> and then a bye. So it might be a rocky road for the youngster, but you know that's how you learn. And maybe the second half of the season shows some promise. But basically, I I, I do a, a short little podcast after the Sealer game, and the two words I used for Pittsburgh were disappointing. I mean, you have to beat the Jets with all respect to the Jets to get the two and two before that stretch, and exciting because you look at this team now and Pickett and Pickens, as you mentioned, is it looks like a star. They they featured him. They're very young. They've got a lot of cap space next year. They'll probably have a high pick, and they don't have many free agents. So it's a new era. Yeah, good luck, rookie. That's a that's a nice little run that the the Steelers will yeah. have here of opponents coming up. But you 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 can't go back, right? You cannot go back to. It Trubisky. would blow me away. Right. I, I it hasn't been official yet. Maybe they're just playing games with the Bills next week. Who's very familiar with Trubisky? But at Smart. this point, you make that move. I think you have to be. It has to be picking. Has to be. Looking at the wide receivers too. It, do, do you do you start to think about okay? Well, let's let's bench Claypool. And there was a what? I think one of the interceptions. Did Trubisky have an interception too that went off Deontay Johnson's hands? And like he yes. still got the dropsies, even though he's a really good player. At some point, you have to start to say, okay, it's it's Pickens is the guy, and even more so than Claypool, for sure, who clear, clearly isn't part of the plans, I don't think, long-term. But even Deontay Johnson, who didn't sign a long-term deal, he did sign a, a, an extension. What, what's that outlook like to you, Matt? And it, it's because I, I don't think the Steelers want to go through a rebuild, rebuild, but there's a rebuild right. vibe to it with a new quarterback, too. No doubt, no doubt. As a whole, I really like their weapons. And, I mean, Deontay Johnson's their oldest guy. I mean, when you factor in Najee, Fryermuth, Pickens, Claypool, Deontay, you know, I mean, like, that's a very young group. Deontay's here for the long term. I think he's a very good player. Um, he's the best separator. He's been the one. He's the target hog. But part of that's because they were so conservative with Trubisky and Ben. You know, he's the he's not the downfield guy as much as these other ones. You know, he's the route runner. He's the slant guy, that type of player. And he's very valuable, but he does hurt you once or twice a game with a drop. Um, Claypool's a little frustrating, but all in all, I think Pickens will be the one at some point and be a star. Fryermuth is really good too, by the way. The future is bright, I think, for those Pittsburgh Steelers, even though there's going to be some growing pains. And we'll have more thoughts from the rest of week four, including 49ers Rams Monday Night Football on tomorrow's podcast. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Talk to you then right here, Peacock and Williamson.